What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Um, I'm super excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Um, As per usual, I was reading something, and God just really kind of showed me something really cool. Um, I wasn't really expecting to get something from what I was reading right now. Not that I wasn't expecting to get something from God's Word, but I'm working on something completely different, and I'm just looking at scriptures and this one just really really stuck out to me um it's in first thessalonians 4 and i haven't read through first thessalonians in probably a couple years like i've read verses here and there um but i haven't read through it and i was reading through this chapter and wow it's awesome so i'm gonna pray really quick and then we're gonna talk about it so let's get started Uh, Jesus, I thank you so much for your love for us, God, for your goodness and your mercy, but for also your justice. I thank you that you are trustworthy. I thank you that you are in control. I thank you that you have good plans for us, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bring us closer to you and that we would become more and more like you every day, God, that we would uh, deny ourselves, crucify our flesh, pick up our cross every day and follow you, God, that you would help us to make time for you, that you would help us to prioritize you, and that you would help us to fear you properly and revere you the way that you deserve to be feared, Lord. I pray that you would hold the number one spot in our hearts, God, and everything else would come secondary. And Lord, I pray as we read your word, God, that you would speak, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would would speak and, and lead us into all truth, God, and remind us of the things that you have taught us, Jesus. I thank you so much for the gift of the Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that you would um, fill us up with your presence today and um, and that we would become more and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I said, I was working on something different and um, I was searching up scriptures um, on Open Bible. Dot info where you can search literally any word and a whole long list of Bible verses about that topic will come up. And I was searching up sanctification and a verse in First Thessalonians 4 came out and it says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. And then it talks, this one is specifically talking about sexual morality. Um, but that first line really hit me for this is the will of God, your sanctification. Um, and I was sitting there and it reminded me of this other verse that says, um, I I don't, I'm going to try to look it up right now. I have my laptop in front of me, but it says, um, that we are going to, that God's will ultimately for us is that we are conformed, um, going to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Um, it says in Romans 8, 29, for those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among all brother, among many brothers and sisters. So it's God's will and God's desire to conform us to the image of his son for this process of sanctification to take place. Um, and I think, I know personally, I get all caught up sometimes in, you know, what's God's will for my life? What does he want me to do? What does he want me to do? Which is important, and I should seek the will of God, but ultimately... The will of God is for me to become more like Christ. Ultimately, the will of God is for me to deny myself, take up my cross, and to follow Jesus, whatever that might look like. Um, Because we're going to stand before Christ one day and answer. And he's not going to ask us, 
you know, I was talking with, with someone yesterday, you know, he's not going to ask us, uh, all right, Taylor, did, did you get the vaccine? Were you a, a liberal? Were you a conservative? Were you a Democrat? Were you an American or whatever? He's not going to ask that. You know, that's not the conversation that we're going to have with God. Jesus is going to talk about, you know, did you, did you confess me? Did you believe me? Did you, with your mouth, confess that I am Lord and in your heart believe that I was raised from the dead? Did you live for me? Did you walk in obedience? Did you trust me? You know, our lives are supposed to be reflections of Christ. We're supposed to be people who glorify God in our actions and in our words and even in the motivations of our hearts. Because ultimately everything is a heart issue. Um, what comes out of our mouth is what's in our hearts. What we decide to do is what's in our hearts. And even if those things that are inside of our hearts don't manifest themselves into actions or words, they can change our thoughts. And if we're not taking those thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ, even our thought life can become sinful, especially when lust is involved. And First um, Thessalonians chapter 4 is more specifically talking about lust and like sexual desires and things that are outside of God's will. Um, but it can be applied to any sin, really. Um, it can be applied to, to anything that could potentially draw us away from the Lord. Um, and so I'm going to read um, in First Thessalonians chapter 4, um, starting in verse 1, why not? We'll just talk about it. Um, First Thessalonians is a letter written to the church in Thessalonica and um, obviously there are things that they're doing well and there are things that they're not doing well. Um, you know, everybody's always going to have something to improve upon. Sanctification is a process that will only be complete when we are with the Lord. Um, that process will be complete when we get our new bodies and when we are fully purified and perfected before Christ. And so there's always going to be something that we need to improve on or something that we're going to have to deal with as we lay our desires down before the Lord and decide to follow and choose to follow his, his call and his spirit and, and live by what he has for us. So anyways, First Thessalonians 4.1, as for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. As in fact, you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. Um, so I just want to kind of talk about that for a second. Um, it says, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. So we need to be living to please God. Um, in, in Proverbs, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we really understand God's place and who he is and... Um, and that he is creator, and that he is in charge of all things, that all things answer to him, that by his will and his word, that um, that everything exists, and that we have our being, then we can really sit back and be like, wow, my life needs to look different. Because we aren't put on this earth to live out our desires. We aren't put on this earth to do whatever we want. That's really not it. God does... Um, allow us to enjoy life. I mean, Jesus says 
that he came to um, give us life and life abundant um, in response to the enemy wanting to steal, kill, and destroy. But we have to remember that ultimately we were created for a relationship with God. We were created to live in perfect unity with him. And it is our selfish desires and our sin and our fleshly desires that separate us from that. Um, that separate us from that original beautiful design. And ultimately, if we decide to choose that over what God has for us and that we don't, and if we don't repent and believe in Jesus, that those things will ultimately keep us from an eternity with God as well. And so we really have to look at our lives and say, okay, am I living to, to please God or am I living to please myself? Am I living to please God or am I living to please other people? Because you can't do both. You can't be a servant of two masters. It says that you're either, in that context, he's talking about money, but put anything in there. It says you're either going to love one or hate the other. And so we need to remember God's place, his power and his sovereignty and his, his goodness and just simply who he is. He's God. He is God. And if you really sit in that and marinate in that and allow your heart to, to kind of understand more and ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand it is just mind-shaking to know that the God of the universe is real and in charge and loves us and wants a relationship with us and wants us to live an abundant life, but that he calls us to certain things for our good. Um, I was having a conversation with my boss the other day, and we were just talking about, he's he's a parent and I am not, and he was telling me you know, about how he was asking his kids to do something and they were upset and he was trying to explain to them and his mom was trying to explain to them like this is we're telling you this because we're trying to keep you from harm we want to protect you we're not trying to control your life and we're not trying to just tell you what to do and I told him I was like yeah that's exactly what it's like with God he's our father and he loves us and cares for us and he's not telling us these things to keep us from fun he's not withholding good from us um I talked about that in my last podcast about that God does not withhold good from his people. But when we're patient and we wait on him and we walk in obedience and we trust him, that good comes. And on top of that good, we get to experience a deep, fulfilling relationship with the Lord. Next to verse 2, for you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of Jesus Christ. There is authority in God's word. Authority to judge our hearts. Uh, Hebrews 4 talks about that. It talks about how the Bible is sharper than a double-edged sword and that it divides soul and spirit, even bone and marrow, and that it judges the thoughts and actions of, or the thoughts and motives of our hearts. And so there's authority in God's word and there's authority in the instructions that God has given us. There's also authority in the exhortation that the Bible has. There's authority in the encouragement. The, the word of God is the ultimate authority. God left, excuse me. God left his word for us as a comfort and as a way for us to connect with God and as a way for him to speak to us, to encourage us and to keep us going because life is hard, but also to remind us of the things that God has called us to and to guide us because there, there might be confusing things, you know, our flesh might be like, oh man, I really want to do this or that, or I feel really tempted to do this, or my friends are all doing this and I want to go and, and do what they're doing. But God says, wait a second. Go back to my word and test it and go back to what you're thinking and say, does what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling align with God's word? And if it doesn't, throw it out and ask the Lord to change your thoughts. Romans 12 talks about that. It says, uh, and 
um, I don't remember the very beginning part, but it just says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh, there you go. It came back to me. Do not, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Do not be conformed by the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you be that you, that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when we allow God to transform us and to renew our minds and to change the way we think and change our desires even, um, whereas we won't even desire the sin that we might be struggling with right now anymore, we'll not only be able to stop temptation, but we won't even want that anymore. But that's because of the authority that the word has. And we have to go back to the word. Our friends want us to do something. Okay, let me let me get back to you on that. Let me go ask God what he thinks. Pray and, and seek the scriptures and see. And if it's not something that, that you think that God would have you do, then at that point it comes down to, are you going to please God or are you going to please other people? And as a recovering people pleaser myself, you know, sometimes I get caught up in this, especially when my people pleasing kicks in and my flesh kicks in. I'm, I'm just like, oh my goodness. But Jesus reminds us um, in Matthew 26 when he's talking to his disciples, when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying, um, he comes out to, to his couple of disciples that are there he tells him to wake up and he's like, watch and pray that you might not fall into temptation for the flesh, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We need to be watching and praying and seeking the Lord because yes, our spirit that is connected to the Holy Spirit might, you know, want to obey, but our flesh is weak. And until, like I said, until we are glorified and in perfection with Christ, we are sub. We are subject to that weakness, but through Christ we have power. So verse 3, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust, like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. And this is kind of where the, the um, this is where the fear of the Lord comes in, realizing who he is and what he gives and what he commands of us and the fact that he is just and will punish those who need to be punished and reward those who need to be rewarded. You know, God says that he's going to give to those each according to their, to what they do, to their deeds. And again, like I said, this is specifically talking about sexual morality, but put anything in there. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid blank sin that you deal with. That we need to learn to control our own bodies in a way that is holy and honorable. Not in passionate lust or passionate sin, really. Like the pagans who do not know God. You know, I, there's this pastor I listen to and he says, Why are we so surprised when the world is living in sin? When our friends who don't know Jesus are doing something sinful. That is what is expected of people that don't know God. And it says that right there. Not in passionate lust like the pagans who don't know God. It is those who don't know God who are known for being like the world, for living in these sins. 
And we need to lay down those things and ask the Lord to help us to have self-control. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit working in us and sanctifying us. And when we are are working in unity with the Lord, working with Him hand in hand to to become transformed, um, self-control is something that, that God will give to us to help us. And um, it is something that we learn and it is something that we can grow in um, as Christians and as followers of Jesus. And we need to live in a way that is holy and honorable. You know, Jesus says, be holy as I am holy. For without holiness, no one will see God. And holiness isn't something that we can earn or isn't something that we can, you know, do a bunch of good things to get. Holiness is when we submit ourselves to Christ and he gives us his holiness because he is holy. He is the holy of holies. And when we choose to be part of what he's doing in our lives and um, be part of the sanctification process and not reject it and not push it away, um, we get that, that holiness. When we repent of our sins and we choose, you know, to hear God, not to choose to hear God because he speaks but when we really listen and we say hey like God I'm gonna let you do this Lord give me a willing heart help me to to desire you more you know God just needs a little bit of willingness from us to at least give him a chance and and he comes in and just blows our minds we need to we need to to really sit back and look at ourselves and ask you know what what do I need to give up to the Lord what is he asking of me um, and if it's something that you really don't want to give up, ask the Lord to help you to want to. Um, he, he gives us what we need in order to obey him. He gives us all the tools and resources that we need to live a life of holiness and of godliness. Um, he's never going to ask us to do something that he isn't going to help us accomplish. He asks us to love others. Well, he's going to put love into our hearts to help us love. We have to ask for it though. He's not just going to give it to us. Um, he's not just going to just throw it all to us with nothing, nothing, no effort on our part. No, faith without works is dead. Um, we have to believe in Jesus and ask him to help us with our unbelief um, and, and to work with us on that. Um, and it says right here, it says right here that anyone um, who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. And so we have to be careful when we decide to follow what we want to do instead of um, doing what God wants us to do. Because in those moments, we're rejecting um, instruction rejecting God rejecting God that gives you his Holy Spirit and so we have to be super careful and I know sometimes you know when people come to us and they express a concern that they have um you know a, a brother or sister in Christ they're like oh well hey I just want to bring this to your attention um I have noticed this in your life and it's not fruitful and I think, you know, we need to repent or whatever the case may be, however they say it. Um, we need to be careful. Um, because if this is something that is scriptural and biblical, um, we're not rejecting that human. We're not just saying no to that that 
concerned friend or family member, but sometimes God sends people to wake us up and to, um, to give us, um, a look into our lives and to really give us some perspective that we wouldn't have had on our own because of our stubbornness. And so we reject God at that point. Um, obviously we have to be careful and we have to test everything and again, go back to the scriptures and see what God has to say about it. But if it's aligned with his word and it is something that, you know, the Holy Spirit is convicting you about, then it's absolutely something that you need to take before the Lord and ask him to to work on your heart with and to thank that person who had the boldness and courage to say something to you about it. Um, but um, I just want to kind of wrap it up by talking to you about Romans 8 because yes, we are supposed to you know, live holy lives and we're supposed to avoid sin and all these different things, but you know, temptation comes and um, God promises that he gives us a way out. In 1 Corinthians uh, 10.31, it just talks about how faithful God is and that when we are faced with temptation that God will always give us a way out because of his faithfulness. Um, but for the moments that we do fall into that that temptation or that sin, um, I just want to encourage you with Romans chapter 8, um, verse 1. It says that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So what Jesus has done um, because of his offering on the cross and because of his resurrection, what he has done, he has set us free from sin. He has set us free from death. And when we trust in him, we're not condemned when we, um, you know, if we make mistakes or if we fall. But instead, we can turn to the Lord and ask for forgiveness and he will forgive us. Um, First John talks about that. It just says that um, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all sins. Forgive us of all of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So any which way you could turn the situation, God can make it um, good and he can use it for our good and for his glory, ultimately conforming us to um, be like Jesus. So I just want to talk about that real quick to encourage you. Um, yeah, I hope you guys have a great night.